Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Rhino Page. Rhino has five PBA Tour titles. He bowled collegiately at Kansas and recently just won the U.S. Open. So, Rhino, Tim Berg, and Coach K, Steve Clampkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, Rhino, fresh off the plane, fresh off your first major title, the U.S. Open. Let's talk about it. Has it had a chance to sink in yet, you know, that you – have that green jacket, and you put it on last night, and you're a major champion for the uh, for the first time. You know, it it, it it might take a little while to sink in. Uh, you know, there's moments of it, but it still feels very much like a dream. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's just hard to put into words, really. Um, I'm just trying to enjoy the experience. There's been a lot of tears that have been shed. It's just tears of joy and. And uh, it just—it's something very special, that's for sure. Well, what do you think was uh, was the key reason uh, that that you were able to bring home this victory? What was it that that set you apart, and and what made this tournament uh, one that you that you could bring home the title in the green jacket? Uh, simply, uh, I, I mean, one spare shooting. Uh, I, I've I've always worked hard on my spares, and I made sure that I sharpened them up at this event because any U.S. Open you bowl. Uh, even though the scoring pace has been higher the last couple of years, spares are still incredibly important. And and my spare shooting was very, very good this week. And the other was mentally. Uh, I, I worked on, uh, I learned meditation a couple of weeks ago, and, and that helped calm my nerves on TV for sure. Uh, and and I, used, I prayed a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, I was like, Lord, give me peace. I need it right now. And I had never felt so calm on TV. And, you know, anybody that's been on TV before knows the adrenaline just, it, it can be your best friend or your worst enemy. And for me, it's been my worst enemy for a while now. And, and I, I was able to identify that. And that's why I really wanted to, to learn a way to just be able to find peace inside. And, and that's what the meditation really helped me with. So, Rhino, for folks who don't really, uh, you know, maybe kind of have maybe even don't know your whole journey back, you had a huge, you know, you had a very uh, a wrist injury. Talk about that and just that long process for you to come back and get to where you are right now. Goodness, uh, it was it was a World Series of Bowling uh, that I had made three cuts, I believe, that week, and we were in match play for the World Championships, and I felt something happened in my wrist where I hung up because I was swelling a lot. And I went, uh-oh, that's not good. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And so I went and got it checked out, and I had a torn tendon. And so I had to do go through the surgery, and I started back with uh, eight-pound balls for a month and a half and then worked my way up to 10-pound balls, all while doing physical therapy and, and everything else. And, and so uh, within maybe seven months, I got to 14 pounds. And... Uh, I, I actually got to compete in, in, in the Japan Cup with 14-pounders, <laughs> which was awesome. And it, was, it felt so good to, to be back and, and to be competitive. And I had a lot of time to really reflect on, you know, how, how lucky I am. You know, I'm living my dream. Uh, I shouldn't be bitter about anything. I, uh, how dare how dare I? <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, uh, it, it, 
that, that little bit of a break really allowed me to reflect on everything and, and put myself in a spot mentally that I needed to be in to be successful. And, and so although the surgery was, was rough and, and I still battle my wrist some, I, I always tell people it was, in, in my opinion, it was a blessing in disguise because I needed it. Uh, I, I just wasn't in the right place uh, in my head. And, and anybody that's been competitive uh, out in any sport, really, if your head's not in the right place, you're in trouble. You'll get gobbled up. So uh, it, it's been a long journey back, but it, it's something that uh, I, I don't take for granted anymore. And uh, I, I just enjoy every moment I can competing. Well, a lot of that definitely sounds like, you know, mental game and, and uh, what goes on between the years. You know, we've had Dr. Dean on the show before on the Storm Collegiate uh, Spotlight, and uh, he's provided some good insight like that. Let, I, I do want to talk a little bit, though, uh, about ball motion and ball reaction, you know. Uh, one of the things I noticed watching the show, you started out with a Sherlock the first game and looked like you had a really good look. You took control of that match. Uh, and I think a lot of people would be uh, hesitant uh, to make any kind of a change when you're on a U.S. Open and you're shooting, you know, 220, 230, 240 or so, got the you know potential to put up a big number to then make an adjustment or a change. What did you see out there? What did you change to and why? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I give a lot of credit to my reps on this because we, we set up the tools perfectly, surface and everything. And I started with the Sherlock because it was a lot slower uh, off of the friction. So I knew I could control the pocket at least. Uh, and, and, you know, you only get six shots of warm-up, so you don't really know, you know, what the lane's giving you. The, the lights dramatically affect the oil. Uh, so the Sherlock seemed to need the safe play. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to throw that three bagger in the middle of the game and Wes was struggling really badly. And I looked back and, and, uh, there was Mike Devaney and Del Ballard telling me, throw a different ball, see what you got. Mm. You, you've got this mm. match locked up. And so, uh, I, I knew that I didn't need to go two steps down and my next step down would be the lock, which was a little bit faster off it. So it gave me a little more entry angle. And when I saw what that gave me, I thought, there's no way I can get back to that Sherlock, especially against uh, Jacob Buttrick, who not only led by 500 pins. Yeah, I mean, he, he had the greatest ball reaction known to man. It was unbelievable to watch. And so I knew in my head I had to throw a big game at him. And I, 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 I shoved the chips in. I had to make the move. You know, bowling 200 wasn't going to get it done against him. An all-around uh, good effort by the ball reps and, and – and, they built the confidence in me to just pull the trigger, I guess is the easiest way to put it. So going back to your time, you bowled collegiately at KU. Uh, you were Jayhawk there. Talk to our college listeners about some of the stuff that you've, you know, that you were able to take away bowling this week on such a grueling pattern from the qualifying to the match play to the stepladder to everything. How, how can you help? What's a one piece of advice you maybe have for someone out there in uh, college bowling who's listening to this right now? Pay attention to the pros and their angles. Uh, I was fortunate this week. Uh, I, I roomed with Daniel Hansen, who's in college at Robert Morris, and we talk a lot about this. He says the angles in college, yeah, everybody gets way deep by the end of the day, but they're able to open their angles up. And this week, when you lofted it, you had to keep your angles online. Otherwise, the ball would miss a head pin every single time, and you never knew what was going to happen. And even when he moved out, the angles that he moved out with weren't proper uh you actually had to go right to left a little bit because there was so much hang on the gutter and so the angles that we use on tour many times 
are, are very different from college bowling because of the traffic. And it's something that I think is very important to pay attention to. I did notice that, you know, watching some of the extra frame, they had, they had great coverage of it and uh, was able to see, I mean, how much different the lanes were playing from, you know, squad A to B to C every single day. And you would see a lot of shots that I saw where it looked like uh, when, when they got out to the right for a right-hander, when they got out to the right, more to the outside, that I saw more balls miss the head pin than, than maybe I've ever seen before. So U.S. Open patterns, you know, heavier uh, volume. I know the, the patterns in college, though, are, are pretty challenging as well, too, though, right? I mean, the the collegiate patterns, they're, they're not, they're no cakewalk though either. Right. And, and, and I guess uh, the easiest way to put it is, you know, the, the best players, when they see that hang, they're going to get away from the hang. And so mm-hmm. the outside of the lane never really got properly developed. Whereas in college, I see a lot of teams where they'll actually stand on top of it and maybe, you know, break them down or whatever they have to do. Uh, and so they build in that, the, the traffic that they're looking for and they break the lane down a lot differently because of it. Uh, that seems to be the biggest difference for me, at least just from going through the whole college uh, uh, bowling process and, and now being on tour. And now the angles, you know, like you were just mentioning too, like say Norm Duke, uh, who made the show last night, and he's a he's just a master of being able to go right up the boards. When when you see uh, a lot of bowlers on both the left side and the right side, when they go to move out to the right, it seems like they have a tendency to kind of open up maybe the shoulders and the launch angle and the hips and stuff like that. What kind of advice do you have to, uh, to recommend on how someone should learn or, or train to be able to adjust and control their launch angles like you are mentioning? Well, it, it's funny you mentioned Norm Duke because uh, I actually went and worked with him, and he got me to keep going left. He's like, no, nope, you're not far enough left. Keep going, keep going, to the point where I was standing on two board trying to hit mm-hmm. half. And it was, I mean, I must have thrown five or six in the gutter, and, you know, and then the next one yanked over my right shoulder. Uh, it was, it was very tough, but he, you know, Norm preached to me that one man's hang is another man's shim. And, and so mm-hmm. don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone and do something that you would normally not do, you know, just dedicate it because having the tools in your bag, like Norm Duke has, he, you know, he's such mm-hmm. a good field player and he has such tremendous touch that there's nothing he can't do because of it but that took a lot of work and a lot of training as well and so when you go into practice don't just go through the motions and just a game a game a game sharpen up the parts of your game that aren't as good because you're going to need them on tour uh one thing we see all the time out here is one trick ponies yeah they win once in a while but they don't win consistently and and in turn, with with the way the, that it is, dog eat dog out here, uh, you, you can't afford to, to have a bad year where you don't match up. You have to be able to have an answer. So, Rhino, you have a few days downtime. What have you been doing, though, to prepare for this very long month of bowling? You got the World Series of Bowling starting here next week. Well, I'm, I'm only home for uh, three days before I have to depart uh, to Reno, and I was planning on hitting the lanes real hard, but now having gone through the, the 56 games and, and the show and everything, uh, my body's just exhausted. So I'm probably going to just take the next couple of days and, and rest. Uh, and, and that'll do a lot for my brain as well, because it, you know, a win is great, but it's, it's also tough to get back in the mode of, Hey, I got, I got to hit the lane soon here. Uh, and so I'm going to really take this time to prepare mentally and, and to get in the right place so that when I get out to practice, I'm ready to go. 
but all the physical work has been done uh, much prior to the U.S. Open in, in preparation for these three weeks. So you talked a little bit, you know, about uh, the mental game and, and meditation. Uh, I don't think many of the listeners, myself included, know what's really involved with doing that. How did you get into it, and, and what, what does that mean when you're, when you're working on this, uh, this type of mental training? It, you know, it's an interesting question that you asked there because uh, I've worked. I started working with Stephen Yellen uh, about six years ago. Uh, he's somebody that works with all kinds of different sports uh, athletes in different sports, and basically uh, they trained you on how the brain functions. You know, where athletes get into uh, problems, and you know. His Stephen was an athlete himself, and he actually beat Andre Agassi early in his career in tennis. So he was very high level. And he said, wow. you know, every athlete experiences this is the zone is what we call it, right? But the zone is mm-hmm. never seems to be consistent. You never know when it's going to come. And the more you try to get in the zone, the further away it becomes. And there's a reason. So understanding the brain, uh, that was the first step. And we actually made uh, a DVD with Storm Quiet Mind Bowling. Uh, all about this, where he designed mental drills, uh, which I used in, in fact, the entire U.S. Open that really helped keep me calm and and in that zone. Uh, And it's just incredible how it works. But I told him, I said, the the problem that I was facing was the anxiety once I made a show. I could get my way through a tournament, but how do I, I I can't sleep, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to lean on having some alcohol or something like that because then I, I can't function the next day. <laughs> so what do I do? <laughs> and, and he says, Rhino, you need to go seek out. Uh, he gave me the website. It was transcendental meditation is what it's called. It's tm.com, hmm. I believe. And he wow. says, this will change your life. Uh, it's, it saved people with PTSD, ADD, the whole night. And I have ADD too. So as they were listing all these things that it helps people with, I'm going, well, I got like six things on that list. Uh, I got to try this. <laughs> and so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I went to, it's a four day, uh, it's four days and about an hour and a half each where they, they train you how to meditate and what it does for you and, and what it does for your brain. And, and I went, wow, this is, this is unbelievable. And the hardest part about it is, is taking 20 minutes twice a day out of your schedule to do it. That's the toughest part, but uh, I can tell you that when I had spent that that time before my blocks this week, I went into the block so much more calm. And when people, you know, uh, it, it's so hard to understand the U.S. Open unless you compete in it because it's so difficult and it's so mentally draining and and, and exhausting, and it's so easy to just fry out. <laughs> and hmm. and I was watching all these people fry, and I'm thinking, wow. I'm doing good. And, and I drew, I actually drew energy from that, uh, that helped me get through the blocks. And, and so, and that's really the, the biggest thing that it did for me was just allow me to, to really just stick with the process, understand what's going on and be okay with it. And I always tell people, most people fry out because they don't understand what's going on. And, and this was the perfect example this week of, of, you know, pair to pair, and, and especially when you got to late in a burn squat or a double burn, it was very hard to figure out what your ball was going to do. And so when you're making great shots and, and getting six, and it's not makeable every time, it, it can really wear on you. And and so that's what it really did for me. 
is, is it allowed me to just stay calm and, and go with the punches. Well, Rhino, thank you for opening up about that. That's something that can be kind of touchy, a touchy subject to, to come out and, and mention and say. So thank you for doing that. There's a lot of people that are probably struggling with some of the same things you go through and struggle with. So if you can help maybe one or two people out by admitting it and knowing that they're not alone, because that's one of the things that we hear with these people. Um, if you have something that you're working through, um, any sort of issue, you always think you're the only one who struggles with it when really that's that's never the case. It's probably 10 or 20 fold of the people that are struggling. So first off, thank you for sharing your comments there. My final question for you, though, is we saw what you were throwing on the show yesterday. What are you? Uh, what else is in the bag, though, that you're liking out of the, the Storm and Roto Grip lines? Uh, at the U.S. Open, uh, my step down from that was a daredevil trick. And I, ever since that ball has come out, I think I've thrown it on almost everything. Uh, I'm just mm. a huge fan of it. Uh, so that's always one of the first ones out of my bag, more of like a benchmark type ball. I know which way to go up or down from. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of the code red and code black. Uh, those two balls allow me to play angles that I didn't know that I still could. You know, it kind of reminds me of back when I had mm. some power. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of those. And, and really top to bottom, uh, th- there's not, very many balls that I don't throw in our line. Uh, and that's one thing that I really love about being uh, a part of Storm is, is that they give you all the tools top to bottom. And, and I always tell people that bowling balls are like golf clubs. You don't want three drivers in the bag. You know, you want a nice little blend. So you know your steps up and steps down. And and, and those balls are the, are the ones that really have, have jumped out at me. But I, I do throw a lot of different stuff. So it's a hard question. <laughs> Well, and when you're bowling the U.S. Open or the Open Championships or some kind of collegiate tournament, you may have a, a maybe junior gold even. You might have a limited number of balls that you can check in, so that then it makes it even that much more important to make sure you have a, a, the right blend and different reactions. Absolutely. And, and I'll tell you, you know, uh, I've been drilling uh, quite a few balls with two-and-a-half-inch fins lately uh, because on my side of the lane, I have to keep my angles a lot tighter. And, and that's having a couple of those in my bag this week saved me. Uh, especially on the burn squads where, you know, I didn't want a ball to just see it too quick and get offline, and those balls seem to stay on line a little bit. You sacrifice a little carry sometimes, but, hey, when when the scoring pace is what it is, it's it's okay if you're hitting the pocket and leaving a couple corner pins because those are makeable spares. You know, you right. just have to look around and you can see five, one, seven, two. <laughs> They're everywhere. Yeah. Sometimes strike nine spare looks, looks mighty fine, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that was awesome. one of the things that Bell told me all week. He said, Rhino, if you leave a seven pin, don't worry about it. You're doing good. You're in the pocket, buddy. Just keep making your space. <laughs> yeah, it helps to have a, a set of eyes behind you like Bell Ballard, too, while you're bowling. That's for sure. So. Absolutely. Well, uh, well, congratulations. Enjoy your victory here. I know you only have about three days or so to sit back and, and, and relax and enjoy it, but hopefully you'll get to play a little golf and chill out and just let it all sink in and uh, – and then get back uh, back in action and uh, take home a title or two in Reno. So, absolutely, that's the plan. 